Hi Brickies, I'm Dominic, the last one standing with a kink for cannibalism. And I'm Kate, the resident phobia expert who also hears voices. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about stuff that scares us. Ripping a few laughs and survival tips along the way. As always, please subscribe, rate and review us. And don't forget to follow us on the socials at Shit and Bricks Podcast. Like the morning after a night on the curries and cans, here it comes. So drop your ducks, pop a squat and let's get into it. I look very formal in my turtleneck today. Oh, that's bad. I'm not in a turtleneck, but... That's okay. When I'm at work, I just like that feeling, you know, all day of just a little light choke. (laughs) This makes you feel alive. Makes me feel alive, makes me feel aroused. Just a little light choke all day and I just, you know, feel feel alive. (laughs) I love that we're starting real strong. (laughs) (laughs) Coming in hot. Hi, Kate. Hi, Dom. How be you do? I be here. I be doing good. How be you do? (laughs) I just told Kate that I was having some heart palpitations before, but they're passing and I'm good to go. And it'd be good for listenership if I just sort of take over the story and go, oh, guys, Dom's had a heart attack. Oops. We don't want that. (laughs) Heart conditions this (laughs) week is our thing. Yeah, that's it. Heart conditions is our episode. Ooh. Mm. What are you drinking? Having another red wine. I've not drunk for <laughs> Cheers. For many days, but gin gin. I like your glass. I very, it very today. I think I've had this conversation, but very particular about my glasses. Yes. Glassware is important. Okay, shall we kick things off with a little I was thinking of like wider than a mile. I like it. Doing that tune. Again, nailed it. (laughs) Of course. They call me Guy Sebastian. Put me on Eurovision. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Usual, folks, shitting.bricks.podcast on all of our social channels, including Patreon, where you should totally go sign up because you get bonus content on the weekly. You do. That was probably my best version of that that I've ever done. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. We're just getting better and better every week, aren't we? We are. And uh, as always, like Kate and I, our focus this year is to get some more ratings and reviews. Please, folks, just spend that extra few seconds at the end telling us what you think uh, on whatever platform you use. Thank you. Love it. For that. This week's BooPod Network podcast feature is Boopity Boop. Is not really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if there's any podcasts out there called Boopity Boop, hit us up. Yeah, we'll feature you. Yeah. Again. Um, no, this week we are featuring Murder Road Trip, which is uh, hosted by Shannon and Troy. And it's hilarious because they get on the road and, uh, well, not necessarily, but they do stories from each of the locations and states that they drive to and da-da-da. So it's yeah, kind of cool. Like, it's a good idea. Yeah, definitely. So go give them a listen and here is their promo. Hey, I'm Shan. And I'm Troy. And we are going on a little murder road trip. Where every Sunday we take you to a new state alphabetically to tell you the story of murder, spooks, and everything in between. Yes, join us every Sunday for bad jokes, murder, and ghosts. It doesn't get much better than that. So grab your snackies, get on in, and we're going to go on a murder road trip. We're just getting so much better every day. No, we are. And look, we're going to finish before the four-minute mark because, Kate, that's it. I'm wrapping it up. The housekeeping is Speed run. Love it. I'm going to dive straight into our episode today, Dominic, because <laughs> it's a big one. Um, it's got it's it's one of my classics. It's a lots of little stories. It's not necessarily a big one in the sense of you know one main story, um, but size doesn't matter. Size yeah. does not matter. <laughs> Although having said that, after watching our socials from this past week, the elbow <laughs> to forearm debate. 
has just been rife through my household. So I'm here for it. So if you haven't looked at any of our socials, go back and look at those. They've been very funny. I've been laughing every day. What's the, before we move on, Kate, what's yeah. the equivalent? Because, like, folks, what we're talking about is supposedly the size of your wing wang is yeah. from your elbow to your wrist or your But arm. then we worked out that that's the size of your foot. foot. And the suggestion is that if you have a big foot, your undercarriage also packs a wallop. Yeah. Um, that's the th- and that, do you know what? Not always the case. Also fine. Um, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. what is the equivalent in terms of what? In Puswacha, in yes. like Virgin, is there a, oh, if you're, I don't know, the space between your ears is the yep. size of your vajuits? Yeah, maybe. Or your um, mouth. Maybe the, the length size of, of your mouth. earlobes also equates to. <laughs> size of another bit of the anatomy? <laughs> Great question. But Please I'm here for in. gender equality and I Absolutely. want, we can't just always talk about men's appendages. That's right. Or the appendages of people that don't even identify as men. So same way here. Look at this. this. Your job has been done. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Kate. Back to your story. Not at all. I'm here for the big questions. And we usually ask the really big, important questions, um, which is an important part of our pod. And we're we're here to teach. We're here to learn. We're here to make mistakes. We're here to make sure that you know about phobias, here's a couple for you. Sure. This week's episode is around the sports curse. <gasps> so I wanted to do something around sports. I wanted to do something around, uh, yeah, different kinds of curses that can happen with sporting teams or people or something. So I did a little bit of a, a deep dive on that this week. And I'll start off with uh, our phobias. So here's a couple. Kinesiophobia, kinesiophobia, that's what it's going to be. Kinesiophobia um, was first defined in 1990 as an excessive, irrational and debilitating fear of physical movement and activity resulting from a feeling of vulnerability to painful injury or re-injury. Ah, okay, we're going down that route. Yes, so very relevant to uh, many sports people, no doubt, especially, I mean, we live in an uh, Australian Football League state, so whatever, you know, sport tickles your fancy, but for us, uh, very much an Australian Football League state, and I'm very much an Australian Football League person, and you hear stories all the time of these poor athletes who, you know, have done an ACL. And then they come back and they've just recovered and they've done all of that. And then two games in, they do their ACL again. And just all the commentators and the people around them and the, the everybody is just like, this is so awful. Yeah, so you can imagine the, that a lot of those people suffer from uh, kinesiophobia. It's their livelihood. It's yes. not just the pain. It's yeah. you know, I'm sure you're going to get their into passion, it. their dream. Um, I might not. <laughs> it was just one of the phobias that I found. The other phobia that I found, which is more general and covers a little bit more of what I talk about, is athlamophobia. Now, this is from athlama, which is the Greek word for sport, and, of course, phobos, which is the Greek word for uh, phobia. I have never thought of what's the Greek word of sport. Athletics, like it makes sense. Yeah, athlema. Athlema? however it's pronounced, but that's it. Yes. Now that phobia is the fear of sports. Since sports are games, athlamophobia is considered a branch of ludophobia, which is a phobia of games. Now people suffering this fear would avoid participating in sports. And this fear is fairly common. And the most common trigger um, is usually when people get injured playing sports. So it kind of goes into that same vibe, but people who have a fear or a hatred of, of losing can also have this phobia where they don't want to lose if they play sports. So they're like, never playing. Forget it. It's, yeah. Well, I've definitely got a few friends, I'm sure we all do, that aren't so good at losing. And I'm yes. not going to name names, but you know who you are and you're listening right now. Yes, correct. And I <laughs> have a massive throwback. It's reminding me of last weekend. But I have a massive throwback to year nine racket sports. And this is, I'm going deep here, going back to when I was 14. Year nine racket sports with Mr. Brennan. And we did, uh, we played tennis. We went and played tennis for one of our lessons. And I, as a a youth, 
was very much if I'm not immediately great at something, then it's fucked. Forget mm -hmm. it. I'm not doing it. And it took me a minute to get over that. I'm still working on it. But still, year nine racket sports, we played tennis and I, I could not do it. The, the second I picked up a racket, <laughs> I was like, this sport's fucked. <laughs> I'm never playing tennis again. I can't get it over the net and then I can't hit it when they – I just lost the plot. So I had a really bad taste in my mouth for tennis, um, which I think, you know, it wasn't quite a phobia. I was not frightened of tennis and I didn't. But, yeah, I definitely understand in terms of I'm not good at it, so I'm never doing it. Forget it. Yeah, it's a common thing I think people can totally relate to. I think the difference here is the fear of being injured. Mm -hmm. And that can be very general too, but, you know, you think about it, there's definitely some contact sports like, you know, like Aussie rules or like yeah. – Rugby or Rugby. NFL or even basketball. The first ever, because I tried to, I had some friends at work who were into basketball, so I tried to do it to then have things to talk about. So I picked a team solely based on colour and mascot and I picked the, the Milwaukee, someone's clearly cared very much about it, um, Bucks. I think they're the Bucks because they had a deer and I was playing Red Dead Redemption at the time and I thought, <laughs> I love deer, that's my team. And they were a nice forest green with white. I thought, oh, yes, colours, talking to me. The very first game I watched, I remember vividly, I was like, hey, the Milwaukee people, I play, I play for them. So I put the game on <laughs> and this poor chap in the first five minutes of the game, just an innocuous rebound. He jumped up to grab the ball and as he landed, his ankle just snapped <gasps> right angles and I watched it happen live and it was just the most horrendous thing I've ever seen. Actually the second most horrendous uh, injury in sport that I've seen live, but that was, that was number one. I was, I was just like far out. That's, that's my first game. Yeah, maybe we should save this and impact this for another episode, but that whole, you know, watching videos of people fall over and injure themselves, sport injuries where they like go back and replay the moment when someone's leg yes. is removed from their body or body? I don't yeah. know, whatever the fuck, and they're like, yeah. let's play it again and again. And some people live for it. I know. And I'd say majority of people just can't do yeah. it. It's and cool. here, I don't know because I haven't. I do watch NFL a fair bit. I go for the Dallas Cowboys. Sorry, everyone, but I um I don't know what it's like for like American sports or you know Japanese sports or British sports, sports all over the world. But here in Australia, um they they will never replay it on television. Yeah. So more often than not, if they can catch that something's happened, they won't show it happening, or they won't. It, I mean, it'll just be an innocuous thing. But usually, they're following the ball around. So if someone's fallen off the ball. Um, similar, there was a, um, a guy really recently, his name's Jeremy Howe, plays for the Collingwood football club. And he was 10 meters in the sky. I want to say that's not it. That's not, he was just ridiculous. He, he'd take, he's a huge, uh, like leaper. He's really great at his vertical leap. And he usually does that for every single game. And he found himself where he's, as he was leaping up into the air, ridiculous heights, um, going into a collision of five other people, he came down and he just, his entire body landed on his arm. And his arm just snapped Gone. and they did not replay that. Um, and, but I do vividly also remember my number one injury I saw was another player in the AFL who was kicking the ball and another player leapt over the top of him. Um, I believe it was Nathan Brown for Richmond football club. Another player leapt over the top of him to try and smother the ball, to stop the ball and hit his leg um, just below his knee with both of his hands. And the bottom half of Nathan Brown's leg kept going uh, but the rest of his body stayed still. So he, basically his shin snapped in half and the momentum carried half of his leg up and the other half of his body stayed still. And they replayed that a few times. I remember the commentator saying, we don't need to see that anymore. Stop it. So now, uh, you know, ever since those, because kids watch, it's like, no, you don't need to replay horrific injuries for kids. Um, yeah, so those are, those are the top ones. So no wonder people have phobias about it and we've gone off track a touch, but I, I just needed to share those because they're sports relevant and they're awful and gross and beep. Yeah. It's made me sick, yeah. Yeah, thanks. No, no, oh, you're welcome. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, you'll have to bear with me because just as I was uh, talking, I have decided to flip my story entirely. 
So oh, I'm actually starting at the bottom. This. I'm starting at the bottom of my story and then I'm going to have to scroll back up to go to the top part. So okay. hang out with me. I want to open for you all when we're talking about a sports curse or a creepy sports story. We're beginning at the Fister Hotel. The Fister? Mm, P-F-I-S-T-E-R, the Fister Hotel. Love it. Welcome. Now, the Fister Hotel is one of Milwaukee's most historic and luxurious places to stay. It has been around for nearly 130 years and it is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. It is also supposedly haunted. The Fister opened in 1893 and was known as the Grand Hotel of the West. It's decorated throughout with gold trim and grand chandeliers. Now, Anna Ladenoy is a former Fister narrator and the owner of Gothic Milwaukee, which is known for walking ghost tours. She has spent a lot of time researching this hotel, and she explains that it started as a dream of Guido Fister. Oh, my God. I We have a picture of Guido in our socials this week. What a name, can I say, first and foremost. Thanks, Guido. Now, he wanted to have, Guides wanted to have the finest hotel, so he dreamed up the Fister Hotel. Now, unfortunately, he dies before the hotel is finished, but his son, Charles Fister, seamlessly steps in and then completes the hotel. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> now, Charles Milwaukee Sivia, known uh, at the time as the first white boy born in Milwaukee, was interviewed um, throughout his life by local papers to reminisce about Milwaukee's past. In Lardnoy's research, she found that an article published on, the, on May 5th, 1893 in the Milwaukee Daily Sentinel quotes Sivia. He was talking about a time in the past when he lived in a log cabin that was on the land that now holds the Fister. <laughs> and he reminisced that it was also a private burying ground. Oh. They were breaking ground for it. He went to the property to look for the bones of some of those people and couldn't find them. So that is, I think, where the legend of the Fister Hotel really began because people were saying, well, this is a, a place that's been built on land that was once graves. I love, I love a burial, sacred yes. burial ground, pet cemetery, shiny yeah. moment. Like that is classic cult scare movie shit right there. It, and, totally, totally. And a little bit of a different vein where I I felt this episode might have gone, but I, I, I loved it. I loved the story. I loved oh. the name of the hotel. I had to include it. Now, since its opening, the Fister has continued to host some of the world's most celebrated entertainers, sports players, and dignitaries. The Fister has hosted every U.S. president since William McKinley. Elvis stayed there in 1977, just four months before he died. Most notably, the hotel is often the place to stay for many visiting baseball teams in the town to take on the Milwaukee Brewers. So this is like the go-to place. Mm-hmm. So, a road game at Miller Park usually means a stay at the Fister, downtown Milwaukee's historic hotel, which plays host to most visiting ball clubs. It's got <laughs> swank rooms. <laughs> I was trying to read that, and I was going to say baseball clubs, and then I just went, ball club. Okay. <laughs> it has swank rooms, a prime location, and a major league reputation for spooking its guests. Do you see what they did there? A major league reputation. Well done. Jeez. Rumor has it that the 120 year old landmark is haunted by the ghost of its founder, Charles Fister, who died in 1927. Now, if that sounds silly, I'm going to share stories of people who stayed there. So these are baseball players, professional baseball players. So they put together a bit of a collection of these interviews or these, you know, they would ask these players that stayed there what their experiences were. Yeah. Now, some of these, of course, very light on, but the fact that there's so many, and I culled the list as well, there are so many instances of weird stuff going on. So I'm going to share with you these uh, professional baseball players and their impressions of the Fister. So the first story is from Bryce Harper, who plays for the Nationals. Now, I know nothing about baseball. I was about to say basketball. Also don't know anything about basketball. Um, But here we are. Bryce Harper plays for the Nationals, which I think are the Washington Nationals. Quite possibly. And I think they're like a bird. 
maybe. Okay. Yeah, I'm down with that. Maybe we, like we're a gonna red have some, bird? <laughs> we're going to have some listeners in the States now just being like, ah, they're the, the bloody worst in fucking it's Bryce Harper. Uh, bear with us. Now, Bryce Harper says, one time last summer before I went to sleep, I laid a pair of jeans and a shirt on the table at the foot of the bed. You know, those things in hotels that you put your shoes on. You sit and put your shoes on. Yeah. I just laid them out. Simple as that. When I woke up in the morning, I swear on everything that the clothes were on the floor and the table was at the opposite side of the room against the wall. Mm. I was so flustered. I honestly thought there might be someone in my room. I had no idea what the hell had just happened. So I just looked around and then I checked to see if the door was still latched and it was. Okay. So that's that security latch. You can't just, that's difficult to undo from the other side. Like it's designed to stop people being able to bust in your room with a key or not. It's that's the security. Yeah. yeah. No, I know the one you're talking about. I would just, I would, if I worked there, I would purposefully (laughs) fuck with people's minds. I would mess with people. So Bryce has checked to see if the latch was still there. It is. So he said, I thought that someone, um, you know, maybe someone from my team came into my room during the night and moved everything around. And I knew that there were two other players, both nearby to me as well. But they said that no one had done anything like that. Now, they could be lying. That's possible. Um, And no one else seemed to have a weird experience, but it really creeped me out. I went downstairs and I changed my room immediately. Different room, different floor. And I just said, I need to get out of that room. I don't want to talk about it. I just need to get out. And so they moved him to a higher floor. Wow. So that's his little story. I live for this shit, by the way. I know, folks, I always talk as if I'm like against it or don't believe it. And that there's an element of that, but there's also like just as equally a big element of me who's like, oh my God, I hope this is real. I like, it. I can't believe a ghost moved all your things. It's why I'm like, you can't, and it's not necessarily true until proven, I mean, false until tr- proven true. It's more like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, gray area stuff. And do you know, it's my biggest thing where you're just like, if you weren't there, you don't know what it felt like. You don't know what you were thinking. You don't know. It's just there's so many little unknowns. It just needs that tiny little seed of doubt. And then you can kind of, yeah, depending on your proclivity to believing it, you can go one way or the other. All right. So that was um, Bryce's story. Is it Bryce? Did I remember? It is Bryce. Good nationals, man. Yeah, Nationals, man. The Bing Bong Nationals. We love those guys. Their uh, logos are egg. Good on you. <laughs> the next story I have is from Brandon Phillips, who plays for the Reds. Don't know where they're from. Don't know what they do. But Maybe they're a baseball they're the team. Red bird. Maybe, Maybe they're the Redbird. No, that's the Cardinal. Cardinals. Oh, that's the Cardinals. And do the Cardinals even play baseball or are they a <laughs> – they're an NFL team, aren't are they, they? Or are they hockey? Oh, shit. shit. There are so many people, like, wanting us to – get crabs immediately you continue and i'm gonna do some (laughs) all right please do some research i mean i could have done this as part of my job of telling the story but this is heaps more fun so brandon phillips from the reds he explains we play milwaukee a lot but i remember that one time i came into the room and i just sat on the bed then for some reason the radio turned off so i turned it off and then i got in the shower And when I was finished in the shower and came back into my room, the radio had turned back on again. So it keeps on just turning on. It wants to be on. It's got a song that it wants to play. It's got a song. It wants to play you some tunes. So that's Brandon's story. A couple of little shorties. There's a couple of slightly longer ones. Okay. Um, Well, just so you know. Talk to me about the Reds. It is the Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. So you got that right, and they've just got a big old fat ugly like a w. w. And okay, w- so go to the next story. But what was the other one? The the Reds. The, the Reds. reds. It, yeah, it just says Reds. Yeah. All right. The next little story I have is from Giancarlo Stanton, who played yeah. for the Marlins. Plays for the Marlins. Who am I to know? Have done zero in-depth research about this, as we're all aware. <sighs> now Giancarlo. Yeah. Says, man. I hate it when we have four games there. Two, three, anything's better than four. It is freaky as shit. 
with the headshot paintings on the walls and old curtains everywhere. It reminds me of the Disneyland haunted house. The less time that I am there, the better. This place has a freaky ass feeling. <laughs> That's his impression of the Vista. What a good reference is like the Disneyland haunted house. That's a, uh-huh. like, that gives me an image in my head of what I'm expecting. Yep, yep. Who are the Reds? So okay. that's just the Reds, like yeah. that's Cincinnati okay. Reds. The is, Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, okay. that's that mm. team. What yep. was what's Old Mate Disneyland Haunted House? <laughs> He's from the Marlins. The Marlins. The Marlins. Now the Cardinals is also a baseball team. So yes, it is. It's the St. Louis Cardinals, which is the baseball team. Yeah, but there's also and this is probably the one we're thinking is an American football team, which is the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. Okay. That's the one that we're probably like, so that's the, that's the football one. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then that's the baseball one. Cardinal and then the other ones on a baseball bat. Okay. Okay. So keep going. Come up with some other animals. That's fine. I'm going to now tell you Michael Young from the Phillies. He's, um, I'm going to guess they're from Philadelphia. (laughs) He stayed at the Fister and his response to being asked about it was, oh, fuck that place. (laughs) He said, listen, I'm not someone who spreads ghost stories. So if I'm telling you this, it happened. A couple of years ago, I was laying in bed after a night game and I was out sleeping cold. My room was locked, but I heard these footsteps inside my room stomping around. I'd heard all these stories about this hotel, so I was wide awake at that point. And then again, these footsteps on the floor. So I just yelled out, hey, make yourself at home. Hang out, have a seat, but do not wake me up, okay? <laughs> oh, then, good for this. I'd, after that, I didn't hear a thing for the rest of the night. I just let him know that he was welcome and that we could be pals and that he could marinate in there for as long as he needed to, just as long as he didn't wake me up. So Michael Young from the Phillies, he's all over it. I give him props for like, you know, just embrace it and let the thing come around. But there's a bit of a red flag there. As soon as people say, I know this place has a reputation, it's just bias. You're immediately, if you go somewhere and think, I know this place is haunted or whatever, that has such a big influence on whatever. What, what you're going to think. Exactly yeah. right. So All right. Then, yes. Mi- oh, the Marlins. Oh, yeah. Miami. Makes sense. Miami Marlins. Which Very good. obviously makes sense. And just We so are can... learning so much this episode. And even if our listeners are like, yeah, even if our listeners are like, guys, just keep going with the story. We want to learn too. You need to give us some patience. They're just the... called the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> Are they the ones with like the baseball guy that's their 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 uh, yeah okay with the yeah. he, who's just a baseball with a hat on and they're their ma- that's the mascot. It's oh god, just, um... we're butchering this game. I'm so sorry to our listeners who follow baseball. No, it's the Phillies with the bell with the Liberty Bell. Oh, Liberty Bell! It's so funny, and I'm not gonna lie, folks. I'm sure this is probably an inside joke in the States, but if you look, Kate, really closely at the Phillies logo, yeah, is there something that looks a little... Bit like a dick? Yeah. Yeah, big time. <laughs> that is <laughs> the most obvious willy. That is I have... uh, the Philly willy. The That's got to be willy. a thing. We're going to, no... we'll put that, we'll put that up on our socials no as well so we can yet. share. The so Philly anyway. willy. Okay, the next player that we have is Justin Upton from the Braves. Now, Justin Upton, just that name, I think that he would be really handsome and I think I would like to watch him play baseball. Okay. Just saying. So Justin says, from the minute I walk in there, I am freaked out. The whole place, the creepy lights on the side, everything. Every time I am there, I have to sleep with the blinds open and the lights on. Next time I am finding another hotel and I'm going to pay for it on my own. I cannot sleep there. Ooh. So Justin doesn't like it either. Ooh. 
Oh, yeah. I'm down for Justin. Justin is quite a, you know, tall drink of yum yum. Yeah. All right, the next. It's the Angels. Sorry, Sorry, he plays for the Angels. He does now. Okay, that was when he was with the Braves. The next one we have is Pablo Sandoval. Now, don't get me started on the name Sandoval because I am a huge Vanderpump Rules fan and straight after recording this episode, I will be watching The Reunion and Scandoval has been getting me through this term, so don't even start. But Pablo Sandoval from the Giants, he said, I don't like the ghosts there. In 2009, (laughs) I went to take a shower and I I remember putting my iPod next to a speaker and then when I came out, it was playing music and I have no idea why. I left the hotel after that. I did not want to stay there. In 2010, me and another player stayed down the street and paid for it on our own. Then last month, I decided to stay there again. And I asked myself, why do I have to be afraid? The only thing I asked the ghosts to do was let me sleep. And they did. So that's another player who has asked the ghosts to let him sleep. And they're like, oh, yeah, fair boy. I got you. I (laughs) won't stop around. But if my if my Bluetooth speaker started playing music unexpectedly, my first thought would not be it's a fucking ghost. I'd be like, no. I don't know. Oh, cool. Maybe it's connected. connected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe someone else is connected to it. Or I don't know. Why? Anyway, whatever. Yeah. San All Francisco right. Giants. Excellent. The next story is from CJ Wilson. And CJ, at the time of this article, played for the Angels. Yeah. Which cool. are... I think LA, Los Angeles. We did that, yeah. Yep. Now, CJ said, I have had a lot of experiences there. I was on the computer one night doing my typical shtick, surfing the web, sending an email. (laughs) I like how it says an email, just one. Editing a photo, one photo. And all of a sudden, the lights start flickering. I'm thinking to myself, I am going to be so pissed if my computer dies. And then the lights just shut off. And then the TV (laughs) shuts off. Then the lights turn back on but the light at the front door just turns off. And I just yelled out, really? (laughs) (laughs) CJ goes on to say that I have these things with ghosts. Just engage them or confront them. So obviously CJ's got a lot of, he's got a lot of time for ghosts. He's like, so just, just say, here's a tip for all our listeners. Just say, hey man, I'm here to chill out. I'm here to send an email. No big deal. Just leave me alone. So after that, I went back to whatever I was doing on the computer. But then half an hour later, there was scratching in the walls. Now I'm thinking, okay, this is the Midwest. So it just could be a possum or something in the wall. That's Mm -hmm. possible, right? But all I knew that there was definitely noises coming from the wall. So I just said really loud again, can you please just leave me alone? I'm just trying to do some work here. (laughs) Come on. So at this point, he's on edge and he is, uh, he says, I'm, re- I'm literally looking to see if there are people in the hallway, if someone's trying to pull something. We all do that sometimes. We take a guy's key card and hide in the closet or behind the shower and jump out. But then the lights start going really crazy. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I don't want anything from you. Leave me alone or write it down. Write down what you want. I can't communicate with you through lights. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't Stranger Things, Dal. Yeah, I know. He said the next day we all show up at the park and everyone has this uneasy feeling, like we had bad Chinese food or something. Oh, I said no. to one of my teammates, you wouldn't believe the shit that was going on in my hotel room last night. And another guy said, oh, my God, are you talking about that shit you heard? And everybody had a story. One dude got locked in his bathroom and he had to get the hotel to get him out. Another guy had the lights turn off when he was in the shower. And another guy swears he saw something. I don't get terribly concerned unless things start shattering in the room. So it was fine. (laughs) See, having these experiences regularly where he's just like, "Uh uh-oh, we're at the shattering phase. I'm not having a good time. It's escalated, folks. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I didn't get that much sleep anyway, but you just get a vibe as soon as you walk in. It almost feels like you're in Prague or something. Very gothic. Lots of gold enamel crosswalks and atriums everywhere being on the road so much we're used to standard cookie cutter places but this hotel totally stands alone wow so the fister's got a bit of a name 
Yeah, I think there's like some of them are bullshit and sorry, I'm not even going to sure. entertain it. But Yeah, no, that's totally fine. I needed to include some of them. Yeah, 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 of course. But it's there's some really interesting ones in there and the, like the frequency of yeah. weird shit going on. Either you need to knock the building down and rebuild because there's some major facility and structural issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've either got baits in the ceiling just yeah exactly yeah you know bait from bait's motel like it's oh bait i thought you were trying to say bats and messed it up (laughs) (laughs) things have been known to happen there's them damn baits in the wall again (laughs) (laughs) or bats like the baseball bats yes (laughs) just rattling down the walls Okay, that is my tale of the fister. Now I want to talk to you about some sports curses that you can believe or not believe, also totally up to you, not fast. The first one I want to tell you about is the legend of Bill Barilko's Bones. Oh, that's a lot of alliteration there. It is, isn't it lovely? The damned team in this story is Ice Hockey's Toronto Maple Leafs. So we're going multi-code here. This is Canada. The gist of the curse. Yeah. In 1951, it was a glory year for Ukrainian-Canadian Bashan Bilbarilko, the 24-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I love nicknames in 1951. The 24-year-old scoring the Stanley Cup winning goal in, an over, in overtime to claim a famous victory. Then in the off season, he went on a fishing trip (laughs) with his dentist because it was the 1950s and all leisure activities were torn from the plot lines of Leave It to Beaver. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. This is so well written. It's it's great. Only his dentist's self-piloted float plane crashed in remote Quebec and they both disappeared. The grammatically debatable maple leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Maple leaf? (laughs) Leafs, maple leaves. It should be maple leaves. It's maple leaves. Anyway, the grammatically debatable maple leaves didn't win another title until 1962, 11 years after Barilko's plane crashed, and the same year that they finally found his body. Okay. Um, that's really cool. Yeah. That in the same year they find it, then they win. Uh huh. But I just want to point out, in the grand scheme of things, 11 years not winning a premiership is actually not That's a nothing. lot of years. That's nothing. And if it is, well, sucks to be you. I mean, like, come on, get over yeah. it. I'm, I, my team hasn't won a premiership in all the all my years of living. <laughs> yes. And even then, <laughs> add another 20 years on fuck of that. I hear that. I hear that. What, what would I be? I'd be 57 or 58 years since my team won a premiership. What was it? Six, 60s? Yeah. 70s, 60s. 60s. Yeah. When the Saints last won. Yeah. Mine was 99, so at least it's in the realm Vicinity. of me being alive. I yeah. remember yeah. that. I remember yeah. when you last won. Yeah. <laughs> 11 um, years. Fucking. That's, I know. Th- I do I do enjoy, though, that's when they found his body. That's, that, that, that tingled that's my dingle. All right, the next curse I have for you is the curse of the colonel. The damned team, as I said, multi-code, Japanese baseball's Hanshin Tigers. Mm -hmm. Now, the gist of their curse is fan celebrations are different the world over. In Australia, there are ticker tape parades. In the USA, a competition, win or loss, is a reason to destroy one's very own city with a spontaneous riot. And in Japan... Han Shin fans celebrated a victory in the 1985 championship series by kidnapping a statue of Colonel Sanders from a local KFC. (laughs) And they threw it into a local river. Now, despite having died five years earlier, this desecration is supposed to have enraged the chicken-bothering Kentuckian restaurateur. <laughs> who condemned Hanshin from beyond the grave? The result: eighteen years of coming last or almost last, and ongoing folly in the Japanese Championship Series, which continued 
despite the statue's recovery from the deaths in 2009. I have two things here. Like, again, 18 years. Cry me a river. Like, Give me a what, break. What is, is Australian, like, AFL, is it just an aberration and that, like, decades and decades is <laughs> yes. perfectly normal for your team not to win? Yeah. But more importantly, the Japanese are not really known for misbehaving. So for mm-hmm. them to kidnap and, like, dispose of Desecrated a statue. Colonel Sanders that's, statue. That's pretty badass. Like, that's. That's like the equivalent is us like kidnapping the, I don't know, prime minister of Australia and <laughs> tossing him in a river, <laughs> drawing a dick and balls on his face. Sure. Yeah. I hear that. <laughs> wow. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. All right. The next curse that I have for you, Dominic, yeah. is the Socceroos Witch Doctor Hex. Us Socceroos? The damned team is the Australian <sighs> football team. Wow. The gist is Mexico, 1969. Join me. Come to Mexico with me, darling. Mm. The Socceroos are preparing to play Rhodesia, now Zimbabwe, in the 1970 World Cup. To get a pregame edge, wrote late Australian football godhead Johnny Warren in his autobiography. Oh, I'm not even going to read the name of that because it is not okay. Um, The team consulted a witch doctor who buried bones near the goalposts that cursed the opposition and it bedeviled a victory to Australia. The Socceroos won 3-1, but when the players refused to scrape up the good-slash-bad doctor's $1,000 payment, the curse was reversed. From that moment, I love this, from that moment, because don't, don't start with this witch doctor hex shit. Do not begin to mess with it. You play with fire, you get burned. Yeah. Pay the person $1,000. I would never. Bloody dolls, those, what are they called? Uh, voodoo, dolls. voodoo dolls. Don't with the bones. Don't with a hex. Don't want witch doctor energy coming at me from a negative place. Yeah. No thanks. They can afford $1,000, like, come on. Come on, exactly. So from that moment the uh, that the curse was on, um, so it was, it was, you know, that he had put the curse on, everything went wrong for the team, said Warren. Australia made the 1974 World Cup finals, failing to score a goal, and then subsequently failed to re-qualify for 32 years. Mm-hmm. The twist? After reading of the curse, TV provocateur John Safran visited Mozambique in 2004 and hired yet another witch doctor to lift the spell, as seen in the second series of John Safran versus God. It worked and Australia reached the second round at Germany 2006 and has qualified for every World Cup since. Okay, sorry. Fuck me. That is, now we're talking, folks, we're talking decades and decades. We're talking 30 years. Correct. 32 years. Of not even qualifying. Uh Uh-uh. That, now we're talking like statistical significance. That's pretty wild. I love it. I'm going to remember that. I love it. I never knew that. And, you know, as an Australian, you know, you kind of go, yeah, Socceroos, woo. Again, I'm not a soccer fan, so I can certainly get around the, you know, that sort of community and the and the wanting Australia to win in a global competition. Sure. Never heard of that story in my life. Love Pay it. the Love motherfucking it. witch doctor. Pay the witch doctor, bitch, because I swear to God, you bring a hex on my territory, we're going to have problems. I need some sage just, like, talking about that story. Yeah, true. But, again, burying bones? Like, how's the groundskeeper going to feel about that as well? (laughs) Willie. (laughs) Yeah, poor Willie. How are you going to feel about that? I spent all this time trying to make the grounds, like, beautiful and lush for the World Cup and you just go and bury some goddamn bones by the goalpost. Some KFC chicken bones. (laughs) Yes. The curse of Colonel again. All right. The next curse I have for you is the curse of the bears. The damned team 
was the North Sydney District Rugby League Football Club. The gist of this story is a foundation side in the New South Wales Rugby League, now the NRL, the Bears entered the competition in 1908, winning their only premierships consecutively in 1921 and 22. Their ground, North Sydney Oval, was often celebrated as the league's most picturesque. Then, according to folklore, the local uh, Kamaragyal people were reminded of a curse dating back to the arrival of the first fleet, placed in response to their dispossession. Mm -hmm. The hex was reactivated and the Norths were doomed forever. I'm not sure how accurate the curse theory is, but the Bears made it to four preliminary finals in the 1990s without reaching a single grand final. So it's possible, says one of the club's greatest ever players, Greg Florimo, in 2007. He said, we're willing to try just about anything at this point. So one of their tactics was uh, having one of the local elders, so the Kamaragyal uh, elders, Uncle Max, cleansed the oval with a smoking ceremony. It may have come a little late. Merging with hate, hated rivals Manly in 2000, the franchise fell apart after three years. In 2007, Norths, by then a second-tier team, lost the grand final with 13 seconds to go. No. In 2008, they exited the finals with two consecutive losses despite being minor premiers. And in 2010, they came last. That's a switch up. Yeah. So obviously, I mean, that's going back to 2010. So I don't know how they've gone between now and then. But for the sake of this story, (laughs) it's pretty wild. How... First of all, just imagine being like a professional athlete and just the dis, like, you know, ugh. I feel for those players that play yeah. for long, for like a long time, like, you know, as long as their body allows them to play. Yeah. And if they just happen to be one of those players that plays for one of those teams that's in one of those totally. slumps. Yeah. You, Ugh, you do feel for them you because for them. you kind of want everyone to have their day of glory, but yes. it just you can't have that. Agreed. Um, also, I want to just a uh, preface on that story. Um, I apologise if I pronounce the name of that area, the traditional lands, incorrectly. Um, but I gave it a rare hot crack. Yeah, and we can recognise it as from a place of uh, good intention. Mm. Okay, the next curse I have for you, Dominic, is the curse of the red fox. Now, this one, this is going to hit home because the damned team is the Melbourne Demons. (gasps) Oh, I love it though. Come on. The Melbourne Demons is a team our whole family has something to do with. We love them. They're a really big part of our existence here in Victoria and a big existence in our family. So the gist of this story, it's a massive, yeah. Yeah. So the gist is the Ds, the Demons, the Ds were the dominant VFL team in the decade from 1954, appearing in eight grand finals, seven consecutive and winning six flags. Then, despite having won nine of the first dozen games of the 1965 season, the Ds decided to dump future AFL coach of the century, Norm Smith, by courier. On a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, not, this not a great way. Enraged fans and then an enthusiastic press piled into the club's administrators and Smith was shortly reinstated. But it was too late to appease the footy gods. Melbourne wouldn't make the finals for another 22 years and when they finally did reach another decider in 1988, Hawthorne absolutely smashed them by 96 points. The Demons 1964 Premiership under Smith at the writing of this remained their last. However, since then, the Demons have won a Premiership. Uh, It was in 2021. Yes. Correct? Great. I think so. Sorry, I was trying to do my maths. Unfortunately for all of the D supporters here in Victoria and around the rest of Australia, it was during the COVID bubble time. 
Wouldn't so where <laughs> oh, where the um, grand final would normally be held in Melbourne at the Melbourne Cricket Ground, which is arguably the second, well, maybe the, the best stadium on planet Earth, hosts 100,000 people. Melbourne's a footy town. The grand final was held over in Perth. And because of COVID restrictions, no one was allowed to travel over there. So whilst, yes, they have won a premiership since 1964, it doesn't feel the same for many, many Melbourne supporters. So I feel for them, but do you know what? Fucking hell. Don't fire Normie Smith by Courier on a Friday night. Who would, and I kind of love that they took it back or something, Mm -hmm. which is really funny. Yeah, but, yeah, um, they're just like, oh shoot, the the media are saying we shouldn't do that, so we'll reinstate him. Imagine well, if that happened these days. Oh my god! <laughs> Sent the wrong email. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, whoops, sorry, everyone. All right, the next curse I have, I have a couple more curses to share with you. Is the damnation? I love that word. The damnation of Derby County. Now, the damned team in this story is the Derby County Football Club from England. The gist of this damnation is that in 1895, now second division team Derby County Football Club moved to a new pitch, a new home pitch called the Baseball Ground. Threads. In so doing, they claimed land that was being used as a camp by a group of Romani people called Gypsies. Romani? Romani? Romani people? Called Gypsies in the objectionable parlance of the time. Now, forced to move along, this enraged the Romanis and they supposedly cursed the team to never win the FA Cup, kicking off a long, luckless losing run that would continue through two world wars. By 1946, times were desperate. Having finally made the final, a club representative reportedly met with some gypsies to plead that the curse be removed. Remarkable, in that game, with the scores tied at 1-1, the ball burst, and with it, Derby's run of bad luck. They'd go on to win 4-1 and be very nice thereafter to people that are living in caravans. (laughs) What a sentence to finish on. I know, right? I, um, again... The hexes, the curses. Don't bring them here. Don't I'm want them. So glad that you're doing this episode because we talk about like curses and hauntings and things yeah. is such a common topic, um, especially in a lot of the other podcasts out there that do very similar things to what we do. Yeah. But I genuinely, in all my years of listening to things like this, I don't think I've ever heard a broad spectrum episode on all the different sports related curses and superstitions yeah. and things. Yeah. And it's, it is like untapped. Isn't it fascinating? It's so good. And this is the thing too, where you can go, yeah, sure. Like we absolutely like uh, took over land that was, didn't belong to us. Um, but what I enjoy about each of those stories where they've heard about something in history and yeah. then they've done so shit. Cause you could say, okay, the coach is shit. The managers are shit. The players are shit. There's no supporters. We've got no money. We've got, there's a million different things that could contribute to a team's success. But what gets me is the fact that in most of these cases, they've gone, yeah, but what if that's, what if it's the curse? Why don't we just ask someone just to just remove the curse, just in case these clubs are, will believe that too. They're like, we have literally done everything. We're at our wits end. Maybe we shouldn't have buried the bones behind the goalposts. Let's, and that's what gets me. It's like this shit's so believable and sport can be so superstitious. I mean, I'm very superstitious with my yeah. sports. Yeah. If my team is doing well and I'm watching it on my phone and then I okay. switch to watch it on the TV, then they don't do well. I turn my TV off back on the phone. And then if that doesn't work, it's like, you know, very, very superstitious. I'm wearing a certain scarf. That's not going well. Take the scarf off. Like, so these are whole clubs, these are whole businesses that are going, we gone done messed up in the past. Why don't we just do it just to see? Just say. Let's just undo say. it. Let's yeah, fix it. Exactly. Okay. Couple more for you, done before we go. The Talladega these, Jinx. Is this the normal episode or is this the 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 added bonus? This is the normal episode oh. for our lucky listeners because 
I want to talk about something a little bit different for our patrons. Oh, I want nice. to talk. A, I want to talk more um, generally with you, Dom, about a pop culture reference for this week, uh, and your thoughts on that. So sure. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give people two more little stories of curses, and then lead into our bonus patron. So stick around, folks. Yeah, stick around, folks. The Talladega Jinx, the damned location is the Talladega Super Speedway in Alabama. Now, NASCAR has no shortage of superstitions. Generations of the sports figurehead family, the Andrettis, have infamously and occasionally comically failed to win the Indy 500. They are Alabama's, you know, but in Alabama's famous speedway that attracts real bad mojo, rumoured to have either been cursed by a Native American shaman or built on an Indian burial ground, Speedway fans uh, have long noted the circuit's over-representation among untimely deaths and huge crashes. Rationalists argue that as the USA's largest loop, Talladega allows faster speeds and less margin for error. But what of the 1970 Cup champion Bobby Isaac, who pulled over mid-race in 1973 for no apparent reason, despite having no mechanical problems, a voice told him he needed to get out of the car, his wife told later. Ooh. He's like, I'm done. I'm out. Out of the Talladegas. See you later. Indy Bye. 500. See bueno. You later. Adios. Car face. All right. My final little cursey for you all, you little treasured gems, is <laughs> Bedevilment by Billy Goat. Oh, okay. What a treat. The damn team is the Major League Baseball's Chicago Cubs. I believe yeah. that's how you pronounce it. The Cubs. The Chicago Cubs. The gist. You are going to lose this World Series and you are never going to win another World Series again. Thundered a telegram by the owner of Chicago's Billy Goat Tavern, William Cianus, to the team owner, Philip K. Wrigley in 1945. You are never going to win a World Series again because you insulted my goat. (laughs) As was his custom, Cianus had taken his pet goat to the ground only to be asked to leave because its odour was bothering other fans. The curse was eventually broken in 2016 108 years after the Cubs' previous win and 46 years after Cianus's own death. Okay, so I have to retract all of my Now we're talking 106, eight years, 108 years. That's wow. a time. Don't mess with the goat. Don't mess with the goat and hats. Now I understand why the Cubs is like, you know, that it's like a classic saying. It is. It's a classic scenario. The Cubs win the World Series. It's like, oh, wow, because it's just never would happen. Yes. Imagine. 108 years. Being alive. Now I understand why they partied so hard. Oh, my God. Of course you would. Of course you would. Okay, so St Kilda and I don't have any legs to stand on just yet. Okay, apart from that, yeah, unless you're a Cubs supporter. Yeah. (laughs) You don't, but you can. Dom, that has brought us to the end of our regular episode of The Sports Curse, brought to you by um, (laughs) (laughs) Band-Aid. Voltaren. Voltaren. That's what I was trying to think of. And then I just kept thinking volcano and I was like, that's not right. And then I was trying to think bandages. Oh, that was too Crotch itch. Crotch itch. Brought to you by Jock Itch. Yeah. Buy it today. Cure (laughs) your Jock Itch. Thank you for joining me and thanks to our listeners for just being absolute gems. God, I love you. But we're going to go ahead. Um, I need to talk about something else, Dom. Sure. I'm not going to do it now because we're going to do it in the Patreon episode. But do you know what is properly cursed jogging it's (laughs) jogging jogging is cursed okay so on our patreon episode come along and 
listen to me talk about a couple of goddamn people who thought jogging was a good idea and it's bloody not. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, folks. Bye, bye-bye. Love you. See you next week. Bye. That's a wrap. Big shout-out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.